show from a heavy metal perspective. From Danzig to death, to Dark Throne to Dr. Shrinker. Buckle up, things are about to get heavy. This is the Metal Podcast. Let's rock and roll. And welcome to another episode of the Metal Podcast. Halloween! Halloween edition. Uh, I thought it was going to be the birthday edition because I had just recently had a birthday, but let's let's focus on Halloween. Hello, everybody. I am DJ, and I am joined, as always, with our fearless uh, researcher, AC. How are you? You know, I'm feeling very spooky today. You know, it's uh, that time of the year. You know, the, the wind is blowing. Uh, the, the leaves are rustling. The jackals are howling, the moon's a filling. You know, Halloween is in the air. Last week we had the guitar player from the spookiest band. As again, special thanks to Andy for coming on. We will have him back. But I am I'm doing I'm doing good. And we have a very uh, more casual laid back episode. Where I'm not going to say too much because uh, I'll I'll bring it up at the very end. But um, we're we're going to be talking about some heavy metal movies now. DJ, have you heard of any of these movies? Well, before I I told you about them, <laughs> I knew about the Trick or Treat movie, but I had never seen it. Uh, but the other ones I had never heard of, known about. Uh, didn't really know about much of the bands really. Okay. So I, I will give, uh, but you know, before we, before we prattle on anymore, we're going to be talking about the movies, rock and roll nightmare, black roses and trick or treat. So I got into metal when I was in high school and it was a whole new world and I couldn't get enough of it. I wanted as much metal content as I could because Everything was new, just every, everything like, you know, and I'd, I'd heard metal before, but it just kept evolving in a positive way. Cause my, my experiences with metal was new metal and new metal is like the, the third worst mm-hmm. thing on the planet. <laughs> and so, you know, I like, oh yeah, Iron Maiden. Yeah. That band's good. Oh yeah. Motorhead. Yeah. That band's good. Like, okay. Check out Megadeth. Like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Like, oh, mm-hmm. check out, um, you know, whatever, pick a, pick a band. King Diamond. Sure. I, well, I found King Diamond. No one told uh, me to check out King Diamond. It's like, I've heard of this band, but is this band good? Whoa. But yeah. So that was kind of the journey I was on. Like King Diamond's a band. Like, what about this band Venom? Oh, what? Oh, Oh, Merciful Fate. Oh, Celtic Frost. Morbid Angel, Vader, Deicide, Animal Corpse. Oh my gosh, it just keeps going. And I didn't want just music. I, I wanted it as much as I could. Like I was looking for TV programs where there was metal. I, I was looking for TV shows like that episode of Married with Children that Anthrax was on. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted as much as I as I could get. And I I came upon these movies, Black Roses and Rock and Roll Nightmare, and well, of course, Trick or Treat. Now, I I never got around to seeing them until several years later because at the time, like this was you know before Netflix, Amazon Prime, everything else, 
you had to YouTube. go rent. Yeah. You had to go rent a movie and blockbuster doesn't always carry. They're not going to have rock and roll. <laughs> no, they're not going to have rock and roll nightmare. They're, no they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have 10 things I hate about you. Um, uh, what, what's uh Prince of tides, Titanic, Titanic uh, Schindler's list. They're not, they're not going to have trash B movies from the eighties. Yeah. They only carry blockbusters at blockbuster apparently. Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, truth in yeah. advertisement, but, the, right. but you know, to, to paint the picture back in the eighties, video was a new concept. Like releasing something on VHS, that was relatively new. That started in the early 80s and it didn't catch on until, you know, towards the late 80s. But at, at the time, to buy a new movie on VHS, they were probably like 50 bucks. And that's, you know, in 80s money, not like now money. So people weren't buying movies. They, they would just go rent them and you go, you rent them for a couple of bucks and you would go to the mom and pop shop and they would just need to fill shelves. And that's where a lot of this, this trash was made because these movies, they don't have, they don't really have, you know, mainstream appeal. Like they're, they're, they're low budget horror films made by people that like heavy metal. It's, it's, it's the most niche market. Even though a lot of, there is a lot of crossover between horror fans and, and metal fans, mm -hmm. but something that is for both, not everyone that likes horror likes metal and vice versa, but now you have to have something that's both. And the, uh, first off, we're talking about rock and roll nightmare. Like this is, this is as a low budget as it gets. 52,000. I, I thought I saw for the budget. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't go that and far. Yeah. And, and they made, uh, like 400 grand. <laughs> so that, it worked that's out. pretty good. Yeah. yeah that's I, not bad. Not a bad investment. You know, I'm sure it didn't make anyone rich and right. But, but still, you know, that's, you know, for an investment of you know fifty thousand to turn it into four hundred thousand, that's still that's that's and that's uh what nineteen eighty eight that when that uh, movie came out uh eighty eight eighty seven around yeah. there, and it is a really cheap, like terrible looking movie. <laughs> now there's some <laughs> shots in it that look well, just pretty the, good. Well, hold on, okay. like there, like some of it, like sometimes like it looks like a real movie. But when it's following the characters and the semblance of the plot is progressing, it looks so cheap. Like, I didn't know it was as cheap as it was, but even for that budget, it looks so cheap. But go on, what were you going to say? Oh, just like the opening scene is like the camera just panning yep. on this barn. It's like, it's it, so, and then I, <laughs> it, well, it seemed to me like what happened was they were just trying to, to use the camera uh -huh. in a way that looked nice. Uh-huh. You like it, the O's and the O's? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's like kind of got me. Yeah. It just, it just looked like what they were doing is like, Hey, like we can make it look, have, have you ever seen the movie Halloween? Like, you know, yeah. Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. So it like in the beginning of the movie, like af after he stabs his sister and like they, oh, they take the mask off, there's, there's a shot. It's, it's on like a crane 
and it and it zooms out to show the the kid and the house. I, I think they they had access to one of those cranes and they just wanted to use it. Like, look, we can shoot some stuff, and it was probably just like camera test footage, and then they just put it in the movie because they thought it looked good. <laughs> it it, it to, before we go any further. This is barely a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's not a film. It's barely a movie. <laughs> yeah, so, so a- well, b- before we go on, uh could you tell me what the plot is? The plot is a band goes out to uh like a farm with their manager and, and their girls to just get away. No TV, no um uh you know, radio or whatever, and they're just they're just there to to come up with a great album no distractions that's essentially no. the reason but okay well and, and, well, and, well, demon. Yeah, well yes and and slowly one by one they get it, killed by demons right. that are somehow in the house now can you tell me where these demons came from besides coming from hell apparently or the edge of hell yeah like where where did they come from why are they in that house I actually don't know because the first scene is like the the dad shaving and then the mom gets like abducted by some demon in like the uh the stove or something. Well well and I was unclear was that the mom in in the in the oven or was that like a monster that was unrelated? Because I couldn't tell cuz the effect was so cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it seems I, like a different movie in the beginning. Yeah, it does. And then I guess the ending is kind of well. We'll get we'll get we'll get to the ending. Okay? <laughs> you know, I like right. to skip around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it, not a lot's happening, so I can see why you would want to skip around. But so we'll we'll start off at at the beginning. Okay. The uh, I like rock, the manager. The manager is great. Well, no, no, no. We're going to the very, very beginning. Oh, very, the very beginning. beginning. <laughs> yeah. So in the beginning. Well, I mean, okay, yes. Uh, for all of these movies, there will be spoilers for them. So if you haven't seen Rock and Roll Nightmare, Black Roses, or Trick or Treat, not Trick or Treat, that's a different movie, Trick or Treat from like 1986, go down to your local mom and pop video store and uh, rent them on VHS because they might not be playing at the local movie theater. So if you haven't seen them, you know, go go rent them if you don't want them spoiled. Otherwise, there will be spoilers. So the movie opens up with a family. Just we don't know anything about them. We don't know their names. There's no title scroll. There's no like uh Kansas City 1953 or so, no it just it just opens on this this family at a farmhouse and they look like relatively normal people they don't really look like farmers they look like they could be like generic suburban family dad is shaving kid i don't know doing something and the mom is like cooking like thanksgiving yeah, she's turkey like, oh, or something breakfast is breakfast is ready yeah it says like don't eat without me yeah and then um you hear a scream Dad runs down and mom's a skeleton. Casual run. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, that's not a brisk. Yeah. And, and then it just cuts to the credits where, you know, the band is driving down the highway in their van. Now the point of a scene like that 
would be to, to set some things up. Like normally, like if like a regular person made this movie or like, you know, someone who knew anything about how to tell a story, the opening would show them do it. Like they'd be dad's digging the, the new swimming pool. Oh, uh, you know, kids yeah, or uh, like the new, the digging the well or something. And then he comes upon a, a portal to hell and demons escape and kill the family. But instead, no, like people just die and we don't know anything about them. And uh, uh, more spoilers, none of that pays off. So we don't like learn like uh, old man Lester. Uh, he, he moved his family out here in, in, in 49, but yeah, uh, no uh, yeah af- after the crops wouldn't grow, he got desperate. So he sold his soul to Beelzebub in exchange for a bountiful harvest. And the, the devil always collects his debts or something like, nope, nope. It's completely unexplained. We just, now there's a, the band just coming down. Uh, they're all, and they're Canadian, by the way, Ex- except for um, their drummer who is, is like, he's the not just accent ever. Yeah. He's not just British. But he talks like <laughs> the Moppets from the Venture Brothers. He's like, oh, oh, yeah, right. Oh, what's, uh, what's going on there? Oh, it, it's, it is, yeah, it is, it is the worst <laughs> they fake always make British fun accent. Of them, yeah, yeah. They make fun of him the most. He, and, and yeah, so, and the character is like a joke. Like there's scenes, there's a scene where he's like posing in front of the mirror in and the like mirror. flexing, <laughs> but he has he no says, muscle. He's like good. no, yeah, no definition at all. So there, there is the, the movie is is it doesn't take itself serious. Fortunately, it's it, it's played for a lot of it is played for laughs. But uh, let, let me ask you: uh, Did you ever laugh for reasons that the movie wanted you to laugh? Probably not. The things that made me laugh were like uh, the, uh, the the Cyclops professor smoking the cigarette, that little monster thing. Yes, <laughs> I thought that was good. the big toe Cyclops professor monster, whatever the heck it was. <laughs> that thing was great. Yeah, all the uh, monsters that they were like, they looked like uh, they were from like the like the Muppet Show. Like they looked because yeah. they they looked like like cutesy. Yeah, like they have a big budget for effects. No, but the thing is, they didn't. They didn't look like they. They attempted to make them scary because there. There were two shots. Like there was like like a a guy turned into like a a zombie. The the manager. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I guess a girl did too, but like they just recycled the same uh, like rubber glove that was like a ghoul hand, and it was like one of the worst like spirit Halloween masks and, and gloves I've ever seen. And then like a girl turned into like, she had like a, like a monster mouth and that also oh, yeah. looked pretty, pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. It was not good. So uh, I did laugh uh, a, a few times, but um, good quotes. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Tell me, tell me like, your favorite. Like uh, let's tune our weapons. <laughs> or, uh, let's go cut some grease. But my favorite scene, one of the favorite scenes, was when they were doing the dishes in the assembly line style. Like it, it seemed so much fun. The uh, the music, like every scene had like a good song. Like that that this movie had the best music, pound for pound, like soundtrack wise. 
of we'll the three to the other of movies the three. of the three but but the yeah i thought the music was was great like i could have just watched them in the barn the whole time uh playing their their instruments well what what song was your favorite because we're going to be skipping around because we don't need to go like beat for beat for what the plot is because uh, uh, spoilers there there's there pretty much is no plot there's no yeah, there's... actual story progression <laughs> of like like take like take a movie like nightmare on elm street where it's like you know oh this person died in their dreams like oh what happened oh but you were there no uh, someone else was there i couldn't see him oh by the way there's this guy and he used to kill people and we killed him oh by the way if you die, like you know actual plot this movie has none of that so yeah. uh that being said what's your what's what song was your favorite i liked uh how he started it but it was like see you around old scratch and i went into the energy song <laughs> the one you when he's fighting at the very end no that's the challenge yes that's the challenge that one's great too but no that was my favorite energy Hickey, what you want to need i don't know was words. was that after the first person went missing i think so yeah, they're, they're, it's one of the songs they played. I think the girl yes. was like on the keyboards. Or yes, like yeah, they did. They did two songs that like, like, oh, let's rehearse or whatever. And then like the whole band. We played. live to rock. That was good. Yeah, we. But yeah, energy was great. Um, but yeah, the challenge at the end was great. That one's my favorite. Um, oh, Edge of Hell. I like that. I think that's how the movie. I think it's how it opened and closed. At least closed. Yeah. So. So the, the, the music was mostly done by a guy named John Mickle Thor, who had a Ooh. band. I believe the band is just called Thor. Yeah, it is. And he was just, he was, he was kind of like a, kind of like a cartoon character. He was, he was a bodybuilder and he would do like really over the top goofy antics. It was kind of like man of war. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but more silly and, and, uh, he just, he never really caught on as far as the mainstream went. And uh, the, the songs are all good. He has a documentary called I am Thor. Hmm. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty good. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I would like to see if we could get him on the show, yeah. but, uh, I, I have not been able to find a, an efficient way of getting in touch with him. One of but, our to do's, but that would be cool. Cause it yeah. says here, I mean, he's a, a Canadian bodybuilding champion, actor, songwriter, screenwriter, historian, vocalist, and musician. Uh, I like the part in the mute in the, in the movie where I think the bassist goes missing or is like with the girl. He's like, yeah, let him have his fun with the girl. I'll play bass on this song. <laughs> yes. I, I do remember that. Was, that. He looks I really funny. That was energy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember if that was, I thought the first one was where the girl was playing the keyboard. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember, but I do remember that. And his, his hair, um, was always very hilariously teased. Like it wasn't quite poison, but it did look really funny. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, and uh, I like what he was wearing at the rehearsal. It was like this gray cheetah print vest. Constantly, he, no <laughs> he was wearing very bizarre outfits. Like there was, yeah, like there was like one scene. He he, yeah, like well, one scene he 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 looked like 
like like Dick Van Dyke or like Bob Newhart or something. <laughs> like at the end when he's like when he's writing, like r- right b- before oh, yeah, the, the fi- right before <laughs> his like his the ultimate wardrobe change. But like, but I loved that. That was, that the was too best. much. That was too much. Skin. No, 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 no. Way that was the, that was the right amount oh, because no. of because is, of the no, studs. This is where we are gonna no, no, no. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna change your mind on this. Uh, wait, but oh, we'll we'll, we'll get into that oh, when my. we get into how, that whole epic scene. Yes, uh, <laughs> but but there's a part where he's wearing. Like like red and white like or like red pajamas with white polka dots. He, he he's he is dressed so strangely because the rest of them look like not like a band but people that go to like CBGBs in the eighties or something <laughs> like like that's what they all looked yeah. like. They they looked like like people that like they were like mods or punk rockers. Like that was another weird thing. Like his his band didn't look like a heavy metal band. Which kind of begs the question, like it, it's he. So John Micklethorpe wrote the movie. Wow! And it, it was directed by John Fasano, who he did a handful of movies, but he did uh, Black he, Roses. He did Black Roses. That well, mm-hmm. that's the only reason I knew about these movies because I, I stumbled uh, okay. upon them just while looking for heavy metal themed movies. And uh, I just found the director that made multiple ones. Well, he described himself as a metalhead, but uh, so John Micklethorpe writes this movie and, you know, he had, he is in a metal band. He is a metal guy and John Fasano directs this movie, calls himself a metalhead, but none of the bandmates look like metal guys, especially for 1987. How hard is it to get someone to look like they're in a metal band? How ex- <laughs> I know the budget's low, but how expensive is a wig? Or even like a bullet belt or something. A leather yeah. jacket. Yeah, <laughs> something. <laughs> yeah, like like all of them they they really do they look like like greasers almost. Yeah. I think you're right on that. Yeah. Uh, another thing that made me laugh too was when the girl was like, she's like, that's when I knew music was going to be my life. I feel like I'm opening up my soul for the audience and for you. And he's just passed out asleep as she turns around. <laughs> I forgot. He's like, I think he's one of the guitarists or, or I forgot what instrument he played. I think the guitar, but it wasn't John Micklethorpe, but that, that was great. Fantastic. He's sleeping with his guitar. <laughs> yes, I think he has a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, see, that, that was an actual funny joke. But for the most part, most of the humor in it is, is really bad. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Okay, so what was everybody's name? Oh, I don't remember. John remember? had his real name. His John. name was John. Uh, that confused the- me initially. Because I was okay. like, wait, is is he just supposed to be himself in this? His name was like John Steele, or he had some really stupid name. Uh, the manager, he's like, I'm the wonder manager. And they're I like, oh, say, it's a wonder was, he's our manager. I think it was, was like Phil or something. I was going to say, wasn't someone named like Bobby? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil, Phil was the manager. So <laughs> then the group of teenagers, that scene was great. Do you remember that? I did like that. Over so, to the house? Yes. And that then he, and then he spoke in the monster voice to let you know that he was a demon possessed. Well, you kind of knew that, but he just goes, I didn't so, know uh, that. He's like, so, well, he just like got 
eaten or whatever by that one chick. And oh, like, that was him who got uh, eaten? And they're like, where did he oh. go? Like, oh, we don't need him. They're like, he's just, he took the van to go get drunk in the town. I thought that he, was a band member. No, that was him. That was the, because oh. he's like, I'm going to look for the drumsticks in the basement. And the, that's why and I thought like, it was a band member, because he was no, looking for that the was him. That's why I was like, oh, this is, that's why it was weird. <laughs> no, you're supposed to know. But he goes, yeah, so let's uh, whip out those breasts, girls. <laughs> yeah. you girls were here for the job, for road groupies. We have four openings for road groupies. So well, you travel with the band, you grind the cocaine, you scream and faint in the audience, and you keep the costumes pressed. Now, I don't have all night, so let's <laughs> whip out those bazooms, huh, babes? Well, see, I like, I actually like that scene. That was the only scene in the like whole movie that, that felt like, like there was elevation. Mm. Like, okay, he gets eaten by a demon. See, I, that I didn't pick up on. I just assumed that off screen he had gotten possessed and it was cause, cause all these people are so generic with, except for, uh, Thor, they're all yeah, so good. generic looking that I couldn't tell most of them apart. Well, and they're bad and, acting too. And yeah. And they're, and they're not memorable at all. Like they're like, there needed to be like the one with the, the big, crazy, like poofy black hair and like maybe the bald one, maybe like a really tall, like they needed to have characteristics, but this isn't a real movie. This is like, I, I, something this else. Like this is like to promote, a a, promote an album or like, Hey, let's be I in a guess. movie guys. Okay. You remember, remember Michael Jackson made, uh, it was like the moonwalker thing. And he did another thing called like ghosts. I think so. Yeah. And, and it was pretty much just, they were like little like specials that were made to promote the albums. That's kind of what this was, except. Um, everything is, is so wrong, but the scene when, when like these girls come in, which they're in like a secluded rural area. So they were able to find this band. I know that like the girl says like my, my mom works at the real estate office. That's how I found them. But right. But yeah, you, it's not easy to get to those types of places, especially in this era where there's no GPS, you know, you don't have Google maps on your phone to find it. Well, I thought they were going to that. The girls are going to that house because they wanted to go to like an empty house. And that house had been abandoned for 10 years. And the mom was a real t- realtor for that house. And they're like, Oh no, no. The girl's abandoned. like, I'm the president of the fan club. Oh, that's yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. That's, that's no, weird. It's, yeah. It's the, no, they were, you're just total coincidence, but I, I'll, I'll do the fantasy that this band is actually like a super popular band, like, you know, like death clock where, right. where somehow death clock is the, the biggest band in the world. Like just for some reason, a death metal band is the biggest band in the world. I'll, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that for the sake of this movie, but like every scene is just stuff happens. Like I, I will get to what I do think is like the, the worst scene in any movie. Um, you, you may not be thinking about it until I bring it up and then you'll probably agree with me, but that, that scene is to establish that the guy is demon possessed. Like, okay. So something is happening as, as a, a consequence of being in this house and there is a, like a monstrous presence like that, that was perfectly fine. The setup for it was totally stupid. 
but the the scene itself, I was oh okay, hey, no problem. How many scenes actually affected the like the uh, the I don't want to call it plot, but the the story progression. I mean, the most, there was a scene now that when I hear the song, I could just think of the scene. It's the Somewhere song. Somewhere. Do you know what song I'm talking about? When No. Thor is in the shower. It's like a shower scene with the girl. I remember that scene, yes. Well, that's that's the song playing the whole time. No, I'm like not saying, listen, uh, no, I'm, I'm talking about specifically a scene that sets up something that happens like uh you know this scene happens which leads to the next scene instead of just like just stuff happens In- instead of like here's a scene where where John Micklethor he's writing and he dro- he and he drops his and he drops his pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and the that pterodactyl thing jumps over his head, and then he comes yeah, back up. <laughs> right uh, until the, the until the <laughs> end, nothing like that happens. We'll, we will get to the end because the the end is is worth talking about. But we just have to set everything else up. But until that point, like, was there a scene in the middle that established like? There, there was one scene where, where Thor was like looking around a room for way too long, but it didn't, it, it, it didn't do anything. Like there was no, like he's looking around and he notices that well, Phil's, Phil's shoe is over there, but Phil yeah. was just wearing both of his shoes. So there well, was like, no, people would go missing and then it wouldn't affect no, it didn't. Like there was never like, continue. hey, why? <laughs> yeah. Like, hold on, we should go oh, looking look for, him. for him. No, no, it's <laughs> like ah, that'll be fine. Don't yeah. worry. We came yeah. here specifically for no distractions, but somehow all these guys are distracted <laughs> and gone. Now there's a there, there's a reason behind it. Do you want to just get to the ending, or do you want to talk about everything else up up until then? Like, do you want to get everything no, else out of the way? Well, like part of the ending where he he does like fight the demon. I love when he we'll, we'll get he, well, he has, well, he has, like well, well we got to start over. Hold on, we got to we got to start at the beginning of the ending. Beginning of the we, ending, yeah. So everyone, only the beginning. Everyone is gone. Everyone is gone. Actually, I I do want to talk about the worst scene. What do you think? I believe is the worst scene ever in this movie, and I think it's like the worst scene movie? in any movie. But what do you think I'm I'm ta- I'm referring to? Yeah, there's kind of a lot to choose from, I guess. But well, I, I if you had to pick really one, you was you the uh, go ahead. It has to deal with that pterodactyl lizard thing jumping over Thor's head. No, that Got was it. in the best scene ever in any movie. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, the worst scene ever is that overly long shower scene. Oh, that's what I already mentioned. Yeah, you mentioned it, and yeah, it's it's, and then like you didn't like that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't, and I I also didn't like. There's two reasons I don't like it. Uh, but I there's like for no reason there's just a shot of Thor's ass. Yeah, yeah. That that was uh, uncomfortable. You got to show but, it off. You got to show it off. 
apparently. Yeah, but yeah, it, it it's just it just goes on for way too long and it doesn't add anything. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't add anything substantial. It and they could have done something clever with it. But so that that girl and Thor are the only people left. So Thor has uh um intimate relations with a girl in the shower for like five minutes and it's it, it, it's really terrible yeah they play the song twice <laughs> yep which is which is always something Somewhere. that irks me when when they when they reuse songs in, in movies oh yeah but it's set up that that girl is actually beelzebub mm. so well and uh, and the the twist is Thor knew all along. Yes. But Thor had sex with Beelzebub. Yeah. <laughs> that that part was confusing because he was like turning her down the whole time and she was all butthurt about it. And then he, uh, he has sex with Beelzebub in the shower. So that's why th- this movie is not clever at all. So uh, this is what I think. Uh, Thor wanted to make a movie. Uh, that was basically like, what if I was an angel and I fought Beelzebub, like hand-to-hand combat? Like, okay, so wh- how do you set it up? Well, okay, how about like I I got a band because you know I'm I'm in I'm in a band, but in the movie you know I got a band, and then we go to this place where this ancient evil is, and I and I as an angel I'm trying to to draw him out so I can banish him from this plane. Like, oh, that could be cool. Yeah, yeah. And so he, the, here's the twist. Um, so John Micklethor is an angel. He's an intercessor. Yes, yes. He, he is an angel known as the intercessor. And he created all of his bandmates, uh, their, their, their illusions, to trick the demon Beelzebub. And after he... he he essentially trolls Beelzebub for so long that Beelzebub comes out of hiding so that Thor can fight. Now this is where it doesn't make any sense. Cause that, that I understand like as a premise, like, okay, that's, that's a thing that someone will do. And Thor says that that's what he did, but he didn't troll Beelzebub into coming out of hiding. He just tells the girl that he knows that she is Beelzebub, even though, but what he says is I knew if, if you couldn't take my antics long enough that you would just come out of hiding, but he came out of hiding because he told her that he knew that she was Beelzebub. So this is like the worst written movie ever. (laughs) Nothing makes any sense, but at, at the end. (laughs) <laughs> there's a sequel there is a sequel i don't know anything about it i do i know it exists no, it came no out idea. like like 20 years ago yeah so 18 years ago mm. so john <laughs> john mickle thor uh, uh initially like he's just like he's talking to the girl and he's like no nah, i'm just gonna go i'm gonna go finish writing this song and he goes down like this is when he's dressed like bob newhart He's wearing like a, like a green V-neck sweater vest or something. It's very, it's a very odd outfit like for this guy. And then the, then these puppets start like trying to get him and like, yes. So he, he's writing and he drops a pen 
and then uh, the director off screen throws like a like a play doh puppet at him that looks like <laughs> like Stretch Armstrong, but it's got like but but it kind of looks like a starfish, and it's got like a silly puppet mouth, and he throws oh, it at him, and then he and he this. ducks. And then, like, there's a part where he's drinking Coke, and then something's, like, creeping up on the desk, and then he, yeah. he puts a Coke can on its hand, and it's, like, a a wacky Home Alone-style reaction where the thing's like, Rah! oh, no, it hurts my hand. I can't get this can of Coke off of it. But if I can't, like, it's just a can of Coke. Like, and he just places it on there, and it traps the thing under. So, like, clearly they had all these ideas that... Like, oh, I get what you're trying to do, but it just, it doesn't work when it's translated. By the way, did you see the Coke cans that were on the doorways? I don't think I remembered that. Yeah. Throughout the movie, there's like, there's like random Coke cans in the background. Well, it's not like product placement because you have to look for it. Yeah. <laughs> like just the person who decorated the sets just decided like, Hey, let's just put some like Coke cans up here. Because I guess there's not enough going around or going on in the background. So we need to, we need to fill up the space. Like, you know, like they'll like hang up a painting and but said they didn't have any paintings because the budget was so low, but what they had were cans of Coke. Just drink some Coke. <laughs> so they put some, some Coke cans in the background. But what happens is he reveals his plan and then he turns into an angel and he's wearing like a Speedo. <laughs> With studs on it, no, dude, a, it's so a, bad. A cape and, and boots. It is the <laughs> funniest costume I have ever seen. It, it's Be- a tough look because oh. of the studs on the speedo. That's what sells it. It is so ridiculous looking. It's so funny. I I've never seen something so silly before. No, and, and that's the outfit that to battle a demon with yes yes <laughs> like what like what uh, what what do you make an like a like a badass archangel look like that and then they even like um like poofed up his hair a little bit they too, poofed like up his hair a lot <laughs> yeah they they teased it they put the all the this aerosol transformation yes but and the way that he's flexing like did you ever watch that TV Some show, like the TV show of the Incredible Hulk? Uh, with Lou Ferrigno? Yeah, like when he would transform yeah, yeah. and like flex, he would go like, err, <laughs> But like, jo- John McElthor is like doing that, but while he's doing it, it's it's completely silent. Yeah, they say, like, there's no sound being There's played. no sound, like he needs to be going like, Because, you know, he he's still looking, you know, pretty, pretty vascular at the time but he's just like yeah. he's like kind of flexing but he doesn't go all the way but mm-hmm. it's it's really awkward and that's that's the the only way i can really describe the move it's just it's awkward and there's other stuff that we that we didn't mention like there's one scene where the little kid from the beginning shows up and he's just in oh, the yeah. house and then he runs so away like yeah and they're like hey there's a little boy let's go let's go follow him (laughs) yeah just every everything not not the manager that goes missing but this little possessed boy let's go find him yeah and and i guess you can you can dismiss it because they're all illusions created by thor now this is where i think there's a little bit of creativity and 
it, it is kind of clever. So all the characters are completely flat, forgettable, boring, uninteresting. They're all stereotypes. They're all following movie cliches. But Thor straight up says to the demon, I created them based on all the horror movies that I've seen. So everyone is pretty much just a simulacrum of a horror movie character. So that's why nothing makes any sense. And I, I I do want to give the movie credit in this regard because the, the movie's not very long. It's, it's less than 90 minutes. Yeah. It's like an right. hour and 20 minutes 20. or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty short and all of it is this buildup to Thor fighting Beelzebub. Now, if you look at the, the cover of the DVD and you see what Beelzebub looks like, it does kind of look like that in the movie, but it, it, it looks like an action figure. Like its arms are like, like ball and socket. And, and like the way they move, it's clearly not a guy in a rubber costume. It's, it's, it's probably puppeteered. It looks really really yeah, bad fight scene too. yeah and the way he's wrestling with it it, it looks <laughs> like he's like holding it and he's moving it himself like john micklethor is the puppeteer yeah uh, but you gotta you gotta go back a little bit because the way the fight scene starts is the like demon monster or beelzebub starts throwing green starfish oh yes john i how could i forget yes <laughs> They have like little tentacle. Like I don't even know. Yeah, they, no, they look kind of like 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 stretch Armstrong starfish. That's what it looks like. That's the best oh, way to describe it. Like literally, like starfish. I'm like, is he is he having starfish thrown at him? Yeah. Then they do that joke in The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Maybe. but he's like catching them in slow motion, and it's yeah. meant to be all dramatic. But he's like he's catching these things that look like they're like from the set of family double dare. <laughs> Just, and he's like, and, and he, he's not catching them in like a dramatic, heroic, badass way. He's like, he, he's, he's trying to like cup them against his chest. Like he can't drop them. <laughs> yeah. He probably just isn't good at catching things. So. Well, well that's, that's it. what it looks like. It, there's, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's everything about it is wrong. Which the the movie is poorly made. It's it's low budget. It's cheap. The acting is really bad, but the ending is actually somewhat clever because it justifies the the terrible characters and the and the lack of a plot because all it is is just it's it's an angel has created a fantasy to lure out a demon so he could fight it in in the ultimate battle of good versus evil. But that that begs the question: usually, How did he get there? Not usually, what, yeah. How did the demon get was there? You, go ahead, go ahead. Ask your question. No, usually, um, that's what the demon tries to do to the angel: try to lure them out in some sort of trick, or like, oh, reveal yourself. If you're really an angel. You know, you would you'd be able to like jump off this cliff and not be hurt or whatever. What so was it's funny the, that the angel, like the angel, is trying to lure the, the the demon out? Yeah. What was the point of the family in the beginning? Maybe they're the actual demons. No, I don't, I don't know. Because uh, no that, one's safe. Anyone's a target. 
except it was at that farmhouse. See that's and that's and the, that really just shows the actual problem with the script. Because if if, if you had a, a few little tweaks, the ending could be completely justified. But it doesn't explain the the family. Like it doesn't explain it explains why nobody cares that these people go missing. It explains <laughs> yeah, why these people act so irrationally. It doesn't explain why, like what he should have been doing was, um, the, well, this is the stupid thing though. He, cause he's like, I'm trying to lure you out, but he created everyone else, but he knew that that girl wasn't created. So why didn't he just fight her like in the beginning? And didn't she ride with him? I think so. And why did he have sex with her? Like we already well, asked. <laughs> well, not just, not just that, but let's, let's go back. So, so he, he this girl ar- arrives in, in the van with the band turns out to be Beelzebub. So that, that crosses off. Like you could say like, well, the family died there because this is, you know, where Beelzebub dwells and this family built their house on Beelzebub's earthly territory. And then, uh, well, that, that's why the intercessor, he picks that place to record his, with his quote unquote band, because that's where there's been all these Beelzebub, uh, emanations coming from, but if he picked Beelzebub up in Toronto. So th- th- what happened to that family there? Why, why did he bring Beelzebub who's seemingly in Toronto back to this place? Did it, nothing makes any sense except like the ending does make sense for some things, but it, but nothing leading up to that. that's unrelated from the characters he created makes any sense. Yeah, I, I didn't understand it. No, I, watched I it a no. few times. And <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch yeah, it a it, few it, times, it, but I I went through several scenes several times. I watched the end a few hmm. times because I liked the ending. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the the fight scene or the the song is really cool. I Just like the song to be a part of any any we fight scene. You know? Accept the challenge. The challenge. Oh, that song's cool. There's a lot of cool <laughs> Thor songs. Uh, Whoa! The the movie's worth a watch. Just just be aware of the uh, anger is my middle name. There's a lot of cool stuff. I believe you don't remember the energy song. I I, so good. I do. I need to go back and not watch the movie, but listen to the song. Yeah, just listen to the song. Yeah, so you'll you'll remember the movie just listening to the song. I remember liking the songs. I just don't remember all of them as much because I I only watched a few scenes over and over. Like I watched the movie once. And then I, I watched several of the scenes and that, that was pretty much, uh, the thought process. But, yeah. uh, so this movie is pretty, pretty embarrassing and mostly <laughs> pathetic and awkward, yeah, but I'll you tell you what. So thank, thank you for making us watch it. No, well, but my <laughs> point is I was looking for this and stuff like this when I was in high school, I would have been all about this. And then our friend baby would be like, this movie sucks. I'd be like, no dude, it's, it's heavy metal in a movie. Like we don't have anything like this. Yeah, exactly. At least like, we're, trying. Yeah. Like we are such a subculture. Like we don't have anything like 
Juggalos have two movies that don't just have the insane clown posse in them, but they have many artists from their like rap stable in them. And, and not just that, but there, there are movies that are made by juggalos where the insane clown posse did the music for. And, uh, there's this one movie. I can't, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, maybe it is. Okay. Maybe it is the, the insane clown posse movie, like the, like the misfits show up. Yeah. I guess big money hustlers. Uh, I don't recommend anyone watch the insane clown posse movies. Uh, the, uh, the second one's actually kind of funny. The first one's just so terrible. But if you are a, a juggalo and you're into insane clown posse, it is, it's like absolute fan service. There's, there's mm-hmm. nothing yeah, like sure. that for metal. Now there is actually a decent metal movie, uh, called Deathgasm. Oh, I haven't heard of that. You haven't heard of Deathgasm. We've talked about sense. it on our server. We have. Yeah. If you go to the announcements section, you'll, you'll see something. <laughs> oh, is that the ice cream meme? Yes. Thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Now that, that movie's actually competently made and, and well-written. It, it is a, I, I don't think it's a great movie, but as far as being a heavy metal themed, it's not really a horror film. It's, it's really violent and gory. But there's nothing actually scary because it's it's basically just a comedy with, with a with a, a bunch of fake blood in it, which is fine. It's it it, it works as a comedy and it has some some Evil Dead you know uh, uh, Dead Alive style like action sequences. But it is but it's it is like a heavy metal movie, and there gosh how many heavy metal movies actually exist. There, you know, gonna, we'll say there's Deathgasm, Rock and Roll Nightmare, Black Roses, Trick or Treat, Spinal Tap. Yeah. Is Almost Famous a, a, a metal movie? No. <laughs> it's like a, it's a, it's a rock and roll movie. I guess you could, you could say, um. Oh no, I'm thinking of Rockstar. Rockstar. Yeah, you yeah, could, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It's good, good enough. It's a, it's a little melodramatic and, and silly. I was gonna say like what what like metal movies aren't like horror themed. <laughs> Are there any? But I guess the Rockstar could be. It's not a horror. Yeah, rock, Rockstar is. It's like, not like a fan because it's supposed to be movie. Judas Priest, but it really yeah. waters down the music to sound. Oh yeah, like really generic eighties rock, like re, like no edge at all. Like that song, stand up. And shout like so generic, so generic, no edge. Like it's, I don't know if you like, that's a movie for people that like Led Zeppelin, not for people that Mm. like Judas Priest. Yeah. But there's such a a small amount of movies that are for people that like heavy metal. Like, and, and it was, it was popular enough that they could have gotten away with making more stuff, but like, this was all they got. And this was pretty much just a movie made by uh, fans of the genre. Like this was no, some big studio saying like, Oh, uh, the heavy metals popular. You know, that's what the kids are into these days. Like, you know, give the, you know, give the kids some heavy metal crap in a movie form. You know, we'll pay a couple million and we'll make uh, 50 million. Yeah. No, this was made by 
people that just wanted to make it. Yeah, and Rock and Roll Nightmare didn't have any uh, like big actors or anybody. No. Well, I don't know. John Michael Thor seems pretty big. Well, yeah. How, how tall Can't, do you think he, he is? He wrote it. How tall? Is, yeah, is what? he seems pretty six, big. 6'2"? Is he? You think Born he's in 1953? I don't know. I mean, he looks pretty big. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so he was in the movie. Well, a lot of bodybuilders are short. Yeah, that is true. That's why I didn't think he'd be, like, real tall. But he looks pretty big in the movie. Yeah, but then again, he could be next to a lot of short people. And he could be wearing those boots. Now, yeah, that too. He could be wearing, like, the, the kiss boots. Uh, so, uh, it says here that John Micklethor appeared in the movie Dungeon Master. Do you know what that is? I don't. So that's a movie. It it's it's got like uh five or six segments. It's not a not a terrible movie, but it's not particularly interesting. The only thing interesting about it for us is that Wasp makes an appearance. Oh, that's cool. Yes. So there like there's a scene cuz it was it was made by the guy who made the movie Ghoulies. Do you know that movie? Unfamiliar. Or Ghoulies 2? Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Well, there, there's a Wasp song on the soundtrack. The Scream until you like it. Never gonna uh, no. stop. Yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> so they, they made this song for that movie. So this guy had access to him. So he just, he made a, a movie where there's a, a band playing at some skeevy location and it's Wasp. And they're playing Tormentor. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the only notable thing about the movie. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, in it. one of the movies, we'll we're gonna get into. I saw that Blackie Lawless was supposed to play the um the rock yes. and roll hero. Yes, Sammy Kerr. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get have into to get that. into that later. But, but we there's do need a to get few back. people. Yeah, and Black Roses actually had some. Uh, you know, I wouldn't call them big time actors, but they, it was more of a, a movie. It had uh, that, film, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there's some the, faces that we recognize. It's a good well, scene. just the just the one, the one face, really. The, the soprano. Yes, exactly. The guy that didn't want to take his clothes off. Exactly. But, well, I didn't want to take it, his clothes off. Well, it's the scene from The Sopranos. Oh yeah. He's like, take oh, your clothes yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. He's wearing a wire. Yeah, spoilers. What was his name in The Sopranos? I forgot. I don't want to say his name. It's, <laughs> uh, it's true. Like a like a cat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. An old timey word for a cat. But uh, yeah. So that that's a uh, that's a uh, the the I've already forgotten the name of the movie. Rock and roll night. That's rock and roll. It's called. I thought it was called Edge in Hell for a while because the credits make it sound like it's Edge in Hell because it that's like the title. I I think that was the original title for it. It had because okay, it's name yeah Edge of Hell and and Archangel were the original like working titles for it. Okay, but the official name or release is Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yeah. Well, yes. Like if you go on the Wikipedia, it says also known as the Edge of Hell. So it's probably like when it first came out or po- possibly um, 
some areas like in the, like releasing the Philippines as the edge of hell or something. Like, I don't, I don't. Who knows? Not me. But uh, so, what what did you think about Rock and Roll Nightmare? I am glad I watched it because now um, I'm more aware of the band Thor, and I really liked the music. Because the music's uh, really good, <laughs> and, and they were trying. Like we can nitpick like each scene, and oh, they didn't use you know like CG wasn't around. They didn't you know they're using like some crappy puppets like. Real whatever crap. like we're fans of the uh <laughs> the genre i'll give them i'll give them a pass but yeah so it's worth watching okay yeah so um i think it is an entertaining movie and everything terrible about it works in its favor and i don't i don't like to use the term like oh it's so bad that it's good because uh, yeah, right. because you know, bad is not good that's just that's that's a contradiction. Yes, but it is it's consistently entertaining. Like the things that don't make sense are funny. The and the the twist at the end is actually awesome. It, it is it is really pathetic and embarrassing. It's not like a John Wick fight or like uh <laughs> like Ong Bok. But it, it it is a really really funny. It it, it is just it is just so poorly made that it is wonderful. <laughs> but all the but all the music is good. Yep, every scene's got good music. Yeah, so it's it, it for all the things it does wrong, it does do some things right. Like all the music is is really cool, and and at least the music isn't as poorly produced as the movie. So it almost feels like a companion piece for Thor's music. So that That's being how it felt. Yeah. Well, well that being said, uh, let's, uh, let's take a break and what, what music do we have this week? All right. Yeah. It's nice. It's, uh, we got back to our regular playlist, uh, playing songs from our, uh, our friends. So this week we have a really cool band. Uh, they've been around for over 25 years. They've got 11 albums, so this was tough to choose between all these great, amazing songs. But we have Blood Red Throne, Itica, and that's off the album Imperial Congregation. And uh, it's funny, I'm looking at the, the band members. Um, you've got Daniel on guitar, Ivan on guitar, Freddie on drums, Deanne on bass, uh, but and I can't pronounce the vocalist's name, but it goes by Bolt. But it's funny, the bassist has a very similar last name to mine. Uh, one letter is different, which is kind of interesting. But yeah, go check out Blood Red Throne, Itica, off of the Imperial Congregation album. Thank you, guys, and see you on the other side.
And we are back. Thank you, Blood Red Throne, for that track, Itica. And now we are going into Black Roses, another awesome movie. This is more of an actual movie. It looks like it wasn't released in theaters. I could be wrong about that. Just went to DVD and VHS. Yeah, went to but DVD this in one... 1986. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, DVDs have been around that long, huh? Oh, yeah. It just didn't get popular until the 2000s when people realized, like, I can have a a format that doesn't degrade every time I use it, and I don't have to constantly (laughs) rewind, and the video quality is twice as good, and and it's like a tenth of the cost. Yeah, well, this movie had my favorite song out of all three movies. I could imagine you might know which one I'm talking about. Because sometimes it feels like Me Against the World. But Me Against the World by Lizzie Borden, that's how the movie essentially opens up after the kind of cheesy jazz music opening that tries to set the mood. But you have these, uh, I guess you call them demons, playing a show uh, for an audience that looks like, I don't know if this was actually originally intended as the opening scene, but it could have been cut later. But it... Regardless, it is such a cool opening scene, headbanging galore. Like it just gets your blood pumping, makes you want to do something cool. Like I, I, I cannot get enough of that song. I'm surprised I hadn't heard of that song before, but that that probably is the highlight of the movie. <laughs> if I have to be honest, well, it starts off but, strong, you know. Yeah, very strong. <laughs> yeah, it's uh just uh, hits the ground running. You know yeah. if. Well, I do say so. Yeah, so um, I, I will say this is this is more of a movie. Yeah, like There's this. Some this ha- actors. well, not just that, but it it has a, a story. Like it it has a a, a story and a, a plot, and you believe it too. Well, I mean, you know, like they sell you on the scenes and and the plot. It has cohesion. Yes. Yes, uh, the the scenes link together well, and then they set up what happens next. It it is is very it is very much a movie where Rock and Roll Nightmare feels like someone was like, "Hey, why don't we shoot our own heavy metal movie? No one else is going to make one for us. Let's do our own." And it feels very amateur. Where this feels like this was like you probably had people come in that said like, "You have to have a three act." structure for your script you have to have actors that can actually act you you need to have a plot well it's and, it's interesting well, that it's the same director john fasano well, well sure well john fasano he has a pretty substantial filmography so probably what happened was you know he was friends with and he was uh, a he's like a script doctor too right yeah he worked on a like lot of appeared things even on like like Tombstone he was a part of so he's a part of some Die Hard with a Vengeance stuff. another Forty Eight yeah. Hours like he yeah he's not like some guy that like he wrote a bunch of straight to to VHS camcorder crap like you know he's. Yeah, you know, he, he he worked on major studio projects. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing nothing too big. I mean, forty eight hours and Die Hard with Vengeance Tombstone. Those are pretty big. But you know, he was just pretty much a guy that just came in and made the the dialogue a, a little better or, or something like that. He didn't do much, but 
he was okay. mostly a writer because he, he only directed a few things. Like he directed, um, rock and roll nightmare and he directed black roses. It didn't look like he directed too much else. So he was probably, you know, he, he may have been friends with Thor or maybe he bumped into him at some point and Thor's like, you know, I'm writing a movie. Like, and he was like, well, I, I have some knowledge of, of, you know, filmmaking. I bet, uh, we, we could make a movie. Let's, uh, let's go into business to my room together. And talk about it. Yeah, exactly. You want to <laughs> go to my couch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they probably, you just thought like, yeah, I bet I could do this. And he didn't, he didn't know much about how to direct a movie, especially at that time. Cause it, you know, this is his first movie. It's not the first thing he worked on, but it's his first movie. But it was clearly just like, let's make a heavy metal movie. And that, that was what they set out to do. And black roses, they had a little bit more budget. Um, so I think rock and roll nightmare was produced by John Micklethor. Let me double check that. Yeah. So it was produced by John Micklethor. John Micklethor wrote and produced rock, rock and roll nightmare. It was just a movie that this guy was like, let's make it now on black roses. It was one was, it was co-produced by John M. Fasano. I don't know if that's like John Fasano's dad, or if that is also John Fasano. And just for some reason, they just felt like adding a, a middle initial when he was producing it. But there was another person named Ray Van Dorn. I have no idea who that is, but that may have been an actual producer, like someone who knew how to make a movie. Like, oh, we got this guy. Yeah. So, you know, here, here's your script. Okay. Yeah. So this is what you need to do. You need to do this. Okay. You have, can't have this. Got to take this out. So if you're going to do this, you're going to have to have this it basically helped him put it all together. And it was written by someone named Cindy Sorrell, Sorrell, probably Sorrell, possibly an actual screenwriter. I couldn't find much on that person, but I didn't look very hard. So it was probably produced by someone who knew how to actually produce a movie and written by someone that understood a three act structure movie. Cause well, you don't, they, you, they you don't really write a movie, you write a screenplay and you turn that into a movie. And that well, may have been the all... difference. Hold on. And that may have where John <laughs> Micklethor didn't write a screenplay. He wrote a movie. So he wasn't thinking like act one, act two, act three. He just thought of scenes that would be cool in a movie. Mm. And then, and you, he just couldn't translate that to the screen, but go on. Well, I was going to say they understood the financial aspect too, because it says the film was shot in Canada and because distributors would get a better tax deal for the films when they were shot there. Well, that was that's probably, kind of that's probably where the producer came in. So like, no, 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 like we're going to do this yeah. and we're going to shoot it here. Like all you need is, is this, like you don't need anything too fancy. You don't need to build much. We can shoot this in this part of Canada and it'll be way cheaper. Like we'll, we'll save money this way. And then we can pump that more into visual effects or what. Cause the visual effects in this, they don't all look good, but some of them look there, pretty good. There. Yeah. There's one scene that is actually decently. There, yeah. There, there's a few so, that are good, yeah. but there's a few that are pretty bad. Nothing is as bad as rock and roll nightmare, but there's, there's not a lot of consistency. Like, like the, a couple uh, close ones. Well, like, well, I mean like the, the, the bad guy, 
the main the singer for the Black Roses. We'll we'll get into the plot later. Oh or, yeah, you know <laughs> soon. But like, there's one part where he that you know the whole band they turn into these like like monster looking things who they got like big teeth and you know but they got their big hair. But then he turns into like some kind of like turtle alien thing. Yeah, at the end, that was bizarre. Yeah, yeah. So for me, yeah, I didn't like that so much. And he was but bald. Yeah, he looked like a turtle alien. It was it was very <laughs> weird looking, but he looked cool before that. And then he there's did. and he's actually he's one of the more wholesome bad guys I've ever seen. Like he he did he kind of was wholesome in some ways. Like at yeah the yeah he was, stuff. Yeah, you know he was corrupting children and getting them to like you know kill their parents and whatnot. Very, very wholesome. wholesome. Yeah yeah. I don't know if I could call this guy wholesome. He's pretty bad. Um, what was his? They, and they well, he had a really Damien. funny Damien. Yes yes yes. And they kept saying like we want Damien. You know what? Damien's the greatest artist or the greatest writer of our time, the greatest poet of our time. There's, yeah, who what, they, um, I want to say was uh, was it T. S. Eliot? Was it Walt? Uh, Whitman? He was one of them. Yeah, it might have been that. Yeah, where they just like the teachers trying to get the kids interested. Well, we have to like in poetry. Re- we'll learn about all these old writers. Well, we got a perfectly good writer living with us right now, like Damien. Yeah, Damien. Yeah, and he didn't have like a last name. His name wasn't like. You know, Damien Black, or you know, Damien Steele. It was just just Damien. Yes, which obviously was a omen reference. But anyway, so let's start at the beginning. (laughs) This this plot is there is not a lot of self awareness as far as some people go. I don't think John Fasano quite knew what he was doing as far as the story he was trying to tell, I think he like, like Thor had done with rock and roll nightmare. I think he just wanted to make a heavy metal horror movie, but the, the movie is it's anti metal. Did you pick up on that? Um, yeah. I mean, especially with like the, it was almost like a PMRC recreation of the PTA meeting. Right. Yeah. So it, the, the, the movie kind of s- starts out. So the, the plot is black roses is this up and coming popular rock and roll band. Um, they're coming to this small town called mill basin and they're playing not just like one night, they're playing a string of shows in a small town. Yeah. I think it's just at the school, isn't it? Like the school. I can't, I, I was unclear on where okay. it was think it was or was it the town hall i couldn't tell it was it was very odd looking but yeah that it was unclear maybe it was at the school but um the the people in the town it's it's kind of like a footloose thing where they're they're um they're skeptical of this band and they think that this band is going to come in and and corrupt the youth and they show Mm -hmm. the cover of the album and it's a really goofy looking skull yeah. Like it's like, it has like googly cartoon eyes and it's like really oddly shaped. Like it looks like, like if, if there was an arcade game from the eighties that had a, a skull on it, like, like if bubble bobble had like a Halloween version. That's what the cover looks like. It's, it's really silly looking. And they're like, this is proof that this is, this is a, an evil entity and it's, it's going to corrupt the youth. Like they could have made it look really scary. 
But no, they, they made this really goofy thing. Now I would yeah. be fine with that, that setup. Like, look at this. That's are oh, that's going to corrupt the kids. It's like at this horrible skull. And then they do that for some random band that passes through. And it turns out they're just like goofballs and like, oh, that's not a big deal. Well, we got worked up over nothing. See, that's how you would set that up. But, mm. but they set black roses up as like, oh, look how horrible they are. They have this goofy cartoon skull and then they play there and they're like, I guess it's not so bad, but then the, the parents are proven right because they are corrupting the kids. Now this is another movie. It is, it is not well-made. It's not well. No, I was never, I was never scared once. No, <laughs> or, no. You know? And, and there's a whole lot of problems as far as how the story oh, goes, gosh. because because the really the the movie is is like it, it came out probably at the height of the satanic panic, but mm-hmm. it's a movie made by a metalhead, and it's ultimately an anti metal movie because it's like rock and roll nightmare. Thor ends up being the hero that saves the day. Here it's the nerdy high school teacher who's wearing like the Marty McFly vest. That, yeah. And he has like the Magnum <laughs> PI mustache. And he was like, well, we don't know, but uh, he kind of was having possible familiar relations with a student or that was kind of well, the, uh, yeah, I was, I was unclear about all that. Yeah. yeah so, but I do have a serious question. Oh. Maybe I'm moving ahead a little bit to ask That's you, fine. but do, do you know the rules to strip gin? Um, do I know the official rules? I'd have to look at the handbook, but, um, uh, uh yeah, I, I, I would guess it's similar to strip poker where I guess, it, you, know, you the, know, the, you know, the, why I'm asking you this. Yeah. Because there's the scene where like the girl tries, she seduces either. It was her As stepmother a fact, or her I, friend's I father. I am aware. Yes. Yeah. So this was, uh, there was a scene where the, like, it was like a guy's daughter's friend is seducing him. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, Tina, T- Tina, maybe you should be going home. My my wife's going to be back in a couple hours. And he's doing this in his living room and he's just having the time of his life, but he's Ooh, like kind of trying not to be a pedo. Well, uh, that girl could have been 18. We don't know. They're high school. You know, uh, they're could have been, year yeah. maybe she's really yeah, stupid and she was like 25 and she could just never get past, you know, senior year. <laughs> this was before no child left behind. So yeah. yeah right, would, would, right. And maybe it's just like a really stupid town because all these kids look like they're like in their like mid thirties or like early forties. Right. And there was even that other dad who's just constantly just reading the newspaper with the TV on. And he's like, Oh, Hey son, is that you? It's like, you can't even look up. <laughs> I don't know. They're like <laughs> the laziest people in the world. Yeah. Oh. The, the, the movie is all over the place in, in terms mm-hmm. of the message that it's trying to, to send. Cause it, it's, it's simultaneously trying to do like a, like a parents don't know how to connect with their kids and adults don't quite know how to connect with the youth, but it also kind of vindicates the adults and the parents by, by having this outside influence come in and, and be a genuinely like corrupting element. Well, so, and also go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say like the parents and it is a movie, but the parents like, you know, Damien's like, Oh, come and check out. That's the, the part where I'm saying he's wholesome. He's like, Hey, come out. Check out the show. See, you know, if you like he's it, lying. You 
<laughs> he feels awesome. No, he doesn't. He's lying. He's lying. <laughs> yeah, he he plays they like play, a, he, they, they they play a they cheesy play one song. They play a cheesy yeah. power ballad. Yeah. Then the parents all leave. I guess it's not so bad. Then like it's a little loud. Yeah. You would think like one of them would have stayed the whole time. As soon as they leave and yeah, close they, the doors, they like they pull off like their like little S and M stuff or whatever. Yeah, they're they're wearing what Thor what was wearing. wearing at the end of <laughs> Rock and Roll what Nightmare. Is that? No, it's not that bad. But it's, it's yeah, they they're they're dressed like or it's not that like good. Character, <laughs> no, it's not that good. Sadly, they're they're dressed kind of like like He Man characters. It's a, it's I get what He-Man. they're trying to do. They're trying to do like a. Like they're like this, and it's not so much like a metal garb. It's more like like these. These are like they look like executioners, kind of mm. without the hood. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. what that's that what they're true. going for. That is what they look like. Yeah, they're trying to like. Oh, they they got a dark streak to them. And and as as the movie goes on, the kids get more and more corrupted. So this band, they they brainwash them, and there there's more actual plot progression and stuff that happens early on affects what happens later on. So, you know, someone will do something and at the end of the movie, it pays off. It is a movie. Now I I will say that. I will say that again. Unlike rock and roll nightmare, rock and roll nightmare should have been Mm -hmm. a, a, a 30 minute promotion for a few Thor songs. And then it ended with, the fight between Thor and Beelzebub and they could have made it more stylized and it could have been a a cool music video for, uh, we accept the challenge, but instead it's, it's an hour and 20 minutes of stuff happening until we get to the end. Yeah. Yes. Starfish fight. Yeah. We get that at the end, but black roses is about this band coming to the small town and slowly corrupting these kids. But, um, I don't know if you picked up on this, but I'll ask you a question. Do you know what the Black Rose's motivation was? Um, I guess not really. No. Yeah, me neither. I, there was a, there was not a scene to say like we need six hundred and sixty six children souls, and then we will uh, open the portal to. Vahlachma, our home world, or something like there was it never just said to like insane. worship him. I'm yeah. your master. Worship me. Yeah, and and there was there was, was like, like at the end. Yeah, there was like nothing that showed like I I will amass my army of children and then I will rule the world. No, he's just saying like oh, you worship me. It's like the same thing with Beelzebub. Like what? I I don't understand what the bad guy is doing. So the Black Roses come into town and corrupt kids for some reason or no reason. I I'm very unclear on that. So that, yeah, this is not a, a well-made movie. It, well, you know what? I guess when I say it's a movie, I guess it, it's, it's almost a movie. It looks like a movie. Yeah, it wasn't a theatrical release. So it's, well, it's, it's well I'm it's talking close. about the, the idea of like, what, what is so a that movie? Too. Yeah. So this one, it's not quite a movie. Rock and Roll Nightmare is not a movie. Black Roses is almost a movie. Now, the budget apparently was just under a million dollars. And it is a much better looking movie. Like there is, 
there's much more convincing monsters in this. There's a, a lot better do, makeup. You could do rock and roll nightmare for 52 grand and black roses was a million. I mean, Ooh, well, okay. It's not, well, it's not let's, all that much better. Well, let's, let's put it into perspective. Okay. Rock and roll nightmare was shot in one house. <laughs> where okay. black, black roses had multiple different houses it was shot yeah, like there was a scene on the street like, yeah. yeah yeah They're there's beating the, each other up yeah yeah there's good. the school like there um like you know con multiple concert halls so there was a lot more location a and you know there like there was like actually like a little bit of action there there was more there were more extras <laughs> It, yeah, it more fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There and it now when that thing had the that was like an alien turtle and had like those big floppy yeah. arms kind of swinging them around, looking really stupid. Um, we still had all those extras that were in like zombie makeup, so it it felt more grand. So like you can do rock and roll nightmare for fifty two thousand dollars, but you only have seven people in your movie in and, one house in one house and you don't have a plot instead you you have a guy in a uh, speedo with with studs on it fighting like a big plastic puppet so yeah it's not it's not necessarily cheap to make a movie I, yeah you, you probably could not make ro uh black roses for fifty thousand dollars no but yeah, you got a lot more characters going on and you had scenes with like actual character development. Like there was the, there, the, there was like the main teen who I thought was the main character. You know, the one that, that he, he's like, he's like clearly a 40 year old with his like blonde semi mullet. He's got the denim he vest. Yeah. He, sh he like shoots his dad. And at the end of like the movie, times in the yeah, head. yeah. And at the end of the, the movie, the he's asking what, yeah, well, he's asking like what happened? Like, oh, yeah, what yeah, am I, I being arrested that. for? Yeah. So, you know, the stuff that yeah. happens, there's some actual scene, consequences. He was wearing like a, a glove though, which was weird to kill his dad. And then the blood spatters on like his childhood, like picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Symbolic. Very symbolic. Yeah. So yeah, there, there was, there was, there was more, more care to, so this movie is well made from, from the directorial standpoint. It's just very poorly written. It's, it's better. It's an improvement over rock and roll nightmare on the screenplay. I, I got to ask you too, about the ending where he's fighting that turtle monster thing. Yes. In the beginning, I think he, Hits him with like a drum mallet or something like something you play. Uh, I forget what you call timpani. it, but like to make this timpani. Yes, it's like a timpani drum mallet <laughs> that he hits him in the shoulder with. Yeah, and then he literally like defeats him by kicking him in the nuts. <laughs> yes, him in the nuts. <laughs> like, <whoa. laughs> but yeah, this guy can like command um, like armies of children to like do to like the nuts. to kill their parents, and he can't get them to like storm the stage and and protect him or something. Uh, yeah. Every, everything about it no. is the, the problem with the movie is the black roses themselves. So I don't know what they're doing and why I don't know how they're doing it. I know they're doing something bad through their music, but we don't mm -hmm. know much about. Them. So when the movie yeah, starts, they just 
it just starts with them like coming into town. It just says black roses. The guy gets out of the car and we see that they're there. It's there. They start out actually in another city. I can't remember what city it was. Um, no, it's like they had just finished their little thing to create. I think, yeah, yeah. People or whatever. Yeah. And I think they, they said that was their first show ever. I think that's what it was. I think so. I think they said something like that. It's not like this, you know, this is a, a band that's been around forever and somehow everywhere they go, every, everyone in the town goes crazy and and murders members of their own family. But no one knows why. What a weird coincidence, a curse that follows them. Oh, well, welcome them to your town. Back to you, Tina. Well, that's what those girls did. They're like, oh, out of all the places they could have played at, they picked our town to start their big gigantic tour. Like we're so lucky. Like, why did they pick us? Well, yeah, I, th- I think that was the, the plot was that this was the first time this band that's popular now is, is playing shows. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe this was like the, a fictionalized retelling of like Laurel Canyon. <laughs> I think it probably, it literally felt like it was. That's what like, I felt like I was watching. So there's like, there's a band that comes out of nowhere, comes into this small town. And despite what the, the older generation thinks, the, the kids demand to hear it. And then it slowly brainwashes them, corrupts them and causes huge problems. So it kind of is a metaphor for Laurel Canyon. I think, I think it is. Yeah. Instead of, uh, you know, the, you know, CIA brainwashing these people, it's, you know, aliens from an, another dimension or some driving Ferraris or whatever. Were they driving Ferraris? In that beginning scene, and remember how like the Black Roses like theme or uh, title like was animated and came yeah, under the, the car. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It was like that on was the road. Cool. That was cool. I, I did that did stand out to me. Yeah. But so, I thought the mayor's reaction to everything was kind of interesting. Like I thought Yeah, he was, he was, the, in, he was trying to it, be the voice of but, of reason. But no, he was like the dumb one. He's like, Yeah, she my daughter well, died we, in, we, in the fire. Oh, oh. I like, thought okay. Like, I thought I thought you were talking about when he was like, "Hey, our you know our our parents you know they were scared of the Beatles, and look at oh, that. Yeah, that that was what it. <laughs> That's what I thought you were you were going with. Uh, like, no, where no. he was trying to be the like, hey, maybe we're overreacting. No, that's okay. when I thought he was kind of in on it. He's like. Cause he wanted, he was like, Oh, well, let's give it a chance. And then when people started dying, he's like, Oh, I saw Jim, uh, last a few days ago. It's like, no, he's dead now. Like, you don't understand. He's not You're, doing You good. saw he's him dead. a few days ago, but you'll never <laughs> see him again. Cause he's yeah. not alive. Huh? Oh. How'd you get elected? What's wrong with these people. Yeah. And then there was, uh, the part where the the Burt Reynolds guy was hitting the girl with the, or the monster with the, the tennis racket. <laughs> That's my favorite scene in the whole that movie. Was pretty good. Yeah. That was so, pretty good. yeah. So this hot chick tries to seduce <laughs> the, the, the teacher and, uh, turns out she's not a hot chick. She's just some kind of demon. And then she turns it into like, a, like a, like a bald headed, silly looking monster. She's and you can, anymore. No, no, she's not. She got really ugly. And, uh, you can actually see the, the puppeteering rods in a few shots <laughs> and he's just hitting it with a tennis racket and just like seeing then, this thing like, as he's hitting it with just, a tennis racket. 
And then he'll just like trip over himself and fall. So it's like, oh, look, it's so scary. It's going to get drama. It's drama. <laughs> oh, gosh. She's building up the tension. This has been. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, uh, that was tough. Yeah. But, you know, the monster looked kind of neat. It looked better than everything in Rock and Roll Nightmare. That's what a million dollars will do. That's true. Move up a little bit. Million dollar effect right there. (laughs) You guys got to watch this movie. Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, I watched it. It's worth a watch. I watched it on Tubi. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, so it is is widely available for free. Mm -hmm. It is not hard to get this. Uh, the soundtrack was uh, was put out by Metal Blade. You didn't know that. Yeah, I think yeah, I think a lot of the members were uh like members from King Cobra, not just King Cobra itself, but a lot of the members. Uh, yeah, the, didn't they produce it, like a, a super group essentially to do this? I think. Um that I I I don't know. I know Carmine Apiece was in it. And he was a, a drummer for Vanilla Fudge, Cactus. Uh, yeah, he's in the like, Jeff Rock Beck, Roll Hall of Fame thing. Rod Stewart. Or Drummer Hall of Fame. Yes, some, he's in some kind of Hall of Fame. And he kind of looks like uh, the guy who had the, like, the gun dick from that vampire movie with George Clooney. But yeah, so the singer was Mark Free, who became a transgender. <laughs> Okay. And it became like Marcy free. No, no. In oh. like the nineties. You could do that then. How does that work? I, I, I don't know. know. I, I think he, like he, beca- he became like a bank teller. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's pretty bizarre. Yeah. So if you want, <laughs> I don't some, know if that's a some, fun fact, but that's, well, it's something. It's a, it's a <laughs> fact you didn't know, but well, there, there you have it. That that's uh, the only thing I know because yeah, King Cobra, the, King Cobra and Winger, they're, they're these bands. See, when you think of like hair metal, there's a few it, it, it does work, and a few of them are pretty good. Most most of the bands that like the quote unquote hair metal bands that are good were bands that were just kind of like just heavy metal or just eighties rock bands that as hair metal got popular, they just started looking more and more like them. Like you got your Dawkin or even Motley Crue, um, Wasp, but, uh, Cinderella, but for the most part, just hair metal in general sucks. It's really overindulgent and annoying. Like winger sucks, dude. And King Cobra (laughs) also sucks. (laughs) Now these bands are not like the bands that, from the soundtrack it's just it's just 80s metal it's not annoying hair metal like like 17 by winger is one of the worst songs i've ever heard she's only seven see like if that's the sound clip you you go by you like i I don't know that song doesn't seem so bad when you listen to the rest of it the guitar (laughs) playing is so overindulgent and annoying and that that's what sucks so much about it and this is just like 90 or sorry 90s 80s heavy metal and it's all it's all good it all works but it was a movie made by people that just wanted to put it out 
Because it is weird that they, they, no studio really tried to, like, there was no craze, like, heavy metal's popular, let's put out our, let's put out as much heavy metal stuff, because they did that with the bands. They tried to sign as many bands as they could, and they, you know, used them up, chewed them up, spit them out. Like, there was Mm -hmm. that, like, the Armored Saints song, Dropping Like Flies, that's, that's what that song is about, if you didn't know that. I didn't. Yeah, so uh, it's 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 about all the bands that got picked up really quickly, and uh, they were used. To, they took on a bunch of debt to put out these albums, mm-hmm. and then they were dumped from the label because they didn't make enough money, so they were stuck with the bill. So a few bands were able to profit, and then everyone else was just taking out debt for the studio, and uh, just uh, the whole like record recording process and then they just got stuck with paying it back for the rest of their lives and you probably don't even own your own material too <laughs> probably not I, i'm sure oh, it signed over brutal. to like columbia or mm. you know, wmg or whatever P- pick your thing and uh that was a weird tangent to go on but uh, <laughs> that's all right. It was important because yeah. like metal blade has consistently put out metal albums, metal records, signed metal artists. I mean, we had, you know, we talked about the Laurel Canyon people being signed to like Columbia records and now Columbia is signing rappers. So, I mean, that's a little more of a tangent there, but well, yeah, we'll I'll talk about just, something next week that I found that was yeah, pretty well, funny. Yeah. Well, a little sneak peek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, we'll peek behind the, the curtain. Yes, yeah, we've got something big in the works, especially for the next coming weeks. Yes, Let's see. yes, yes, yes. But back to black still, roses. Yeah, black roses. Black roses. Is uh, how how would you rate this compared to? Uh, have we have we covered the whole plot? I mean, I'll just I'll run through it. So black roses. We, okay, so the opening scene in Black Roses versus uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare establishes the Black Roses' power, not their mm-hmm. motive, but their intentions. Like, yes. We don't know why they're doing it, but we know what they we plan on doing. <laughs> yes. So that's what the opening scene is for. And then they go to uh, Mill Basin. And it's a, it's a small town because there is a scene where someone says like, it's uh, the most exciting thing that's ever happened in the history of this yeah. town and they want to yeah. take it away. So it, it does, it does re- comment on, uh, some of the small town woes that many of many people felt. I don't know if people really feel that so much today because of the internet and uh, all sorts of other problems, but that was a common motif in in uh, fiction was people live in a small town and the older generation is content with the small town life, but the younger people, they want the big city life hustle and bustle of the big city. Even though whenever, you know, the big city, it just corrupts always has always will. And this movie is, is no different. So the outsider comes in and it slowly corrupts the kids. It gets the kids to turn on their parents, gets them to turn on adults. And they just become slaves to this group um, for reasons I don't know why. The movie is unclear. And then the one person who seems to actually care is um, 
the high school English teacher, uh, Mr. You Morehouse. Don't care about my students. Yeah. You care about your little students. Yes. Your little students. Your little students. And he, uh, he eventually saves the day because he does, he does care about the kids and he's like trying to be like the hip, cool teacher. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm with it. Daddy. Oh, and it, it, it is odd to have this guy be it's a, everything about the movie is weird though, because it's, it's an anti-metal movie. It's, it's a movie about how metal does corrupt the youth. And it was made by a metalhead, and the hero is the the nerdy high school teacher. Where the the hero really should have been a high school student mm. who figures out what's going on. The band should yeah. have like what it should have done was the 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 band should have not tried to corrupt the kids. I mean. I, I do think music generally does corrupt people. Uh, not all of it, but certain genres. I think certain genre, uh, no, no genre. Doubt. Yeah, I think certain. If you're not genre, disciplined, it'll it'll corrupt you. Easily. Well, I'm thinking. Well, specifically, certain genre like encourages bad behavior, like specifically, like actual evil. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, like one, one guy, he should have noticed what, what's happening is the black roses are corrupting the adults, but their music is distracting the kids. Like what they should have been doing is like, while they're there and then the kids are so enamored by like this, this big musical act while they're in here for three days and all. And cause, cause like we hear that, like a band is playing in a small town for three days. Why? You're like, you're going to go see the same show. Like, Oh no, it's, it's different every time. But not just that, but time. don't these bands need to make money? <laughs> like a small town for three days. It's not like they're playing three dates in New York, three dates in Los Angeles, three dates, Chicago, three dates in Dallas, like, you know, big cities. But no, it's like three days in a small town and I'm unclear at what part of the country is, but I'm going to guess like New England. That's, that's what my, it seemed like. That's my best guess. Yeah. But like a place sense. where they have a, like a small town, but it's still, it's not like a rural area where you're like 200 people is, but it's still like a, a little community. So that's what it looked like to me, but it should have been the, 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 the adults are getting corrupt. And the music is a distraction. And then one guy who like, actually he likes the metal, but he also pays attention in school. And he realizes like, Hey, this guy used to like, blah, blah, blah. He's always trying to get us to do the T.S. Eliot. And then now like, <laughs> oh, well, what's going on? And then hold on. Something's it all, it all correlates with the arrival of black roses. Wait, why would black roses play three days here? Hold on. That doesn't make any sense. If you look, last time Black Roses played was over here, and, and, and the, the same thing happened. Oh my God. That's what it should have been, but really, just like the kids turn into villains, and the the nerdy high school teacher saves the day. So like, everything is wrong. <laughs> yeah, but how would you compare this to Rock and Roll Nightmare on the entertainment scale? I 
I think that opening scene actually did a lot for me because that's that that song is so good. <laughs> um, I would rather watch Black Roses than Rock and Roll Nightmare. It's just like you feel like it's like watching a college student's like. I don't know, homework assignment for Rock and Roll Nightmare to like someone who's actually been in the business doing it, even though it's the same guy directing both movies. But like, well, you live, you learn. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I think they're both entertaining on certain levels, but I couldn't get some random person to like watch Rock and Roll Nightmare with me. Like, there's no way. Like, I'd have to pay him. Like, (laughs) you want to watch this? I think it would be easier for me to get a random person to watch rock and roll nightmare with me than black roses because black roses is just not very good and has some pretty entertaining things in it where rock and roll nightmare is such a colossal failure that it's ultimately (laughs) entertaining on almost every level. Yeah. But I'll be like, Hey, the guy from the Sopranos is in, is in uh, black roses. That's true that we didn't mention that we didn't, we We didn't didn't quite mention. He's one of the the kids' dads. Who's like, Hey, Tony. Hey, hey, Tony. Yeah. He's like, Hey, Tony. There is a funny scene where his his son, his son, like, you know, Tony junior, whatever. He like picks up a little nerdy kid and lifts him over his head. Yeah. So the kids start getting unruly. He's like, hey, hey, Tony, hey, hey, be nice to your mother. What hey, the oh. fudge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then a little, mo- and then has, he's playing uh, Black Roses on the record player, or he turns it off. It starts oh, yeah. playing, and then a little, and again, and a ter- again. terrible uh, looking like spider monster. puppet comes out and <laughs> kills him. Predecessor to, pre- uh, I don't know, a- an alien movie thing. <laughs> Well, it's the successor. Alien came out before. Yeah, so this actually had some... The acting in the movie is fine. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, this looks more like a movie where Rock and Roll Nightmare is just... It's just... It's just so pathetic and awkward (laughs) that, to me, it's, it's consistently funny. Like, they're... Like the guy saying, like he calling Alice Cooper, like Alice Pooper, because he didn't know his name. Like, uh, Rob, Rob Stewart. Yeah, they're just like Rob. doing everything wrong. I was like, that's this yeah. movie. Everything. So, so yeah, that one. Uh, I, I, I think Rock and Roll Nightmare just edges Black Roses out because Black Roses, where it ultimately fails, is its is its execution which is it's trying to be a movie that I, I don't know if it's trying to be anti-metal. Like it, it's almost, it's like, um, it, it's, it's like satanic panic level, like propaganda, but for metal, well, it, it, it seemed like a, a movie made in reaction to the PMRC, like strictly, but it was, but that. it was, but it, like, yes, it does seem like that, but it's pro PMRC. Yeah. And I don't think it, it, I don't think it understands that. No. Cause that, and yeah. that's where the movie ultimately fails. Cause it really does feel like it's, it's, it's trying to take a shot. Like, aren't I so clever? I'm taking a shot at the Washington wives. Yeah. But you're validating them. You dummy <laughs> like that. Like, do you not realize that? 
and I don't think they do. Where Rock and Roll Nightmare doesn't try to be anything that clever and ultimately failing, it is more clever than Black Roses. I'll say that now. Rock and Roll Nightmare is more clever than something else. Because at the end, all the things that made no sense, like as far as like the character development and the character growth and character motivations, well, that's because it was mocking how so many movies at that era did not have those things. So there's at least something going on where Black Roses is an anti-metal movie that I don't think realizes that it, it is that. <laughs> I think right. John Fasano's like, yeah, I want to make another metal movie, and I think this would be cool. I, we could do it like this. Because it's kind of weird. Okay, have you ever seen Kiss Meets Phantom of the Park? I have not. Did you know this is a movie that exists? I did not. Yeah, so Kiss starred in a TV movie in the 70s, and they played themselves, and uh, they were playing shows at some, like, I think it might have actually been Knott's Berry Farm, or it was something like that, and then this guy that makes these terrible animatronics makes these Kiss animatronics with the intention of replacing them and having them do something, and then Kiss uses their powers to beat the bad guy and save the day. Because Kiss, you know, they have powers. Like one guy's from space and one's a demon okay. and one's a cat and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. They could have easily done that with Black Roses. Like, let's make a movie and like we'll just have these these metal guys like save the day, kind of like what they did with Rock and Roll Nightmare. But they didn't. They tried to do something a little bit more accessible to a wider audience, and then they failed colossally, but not in an entertaining way like Rock and Roll Nightmare. So Rock and Roll Nightmare uh, wins by decision for me, <laughs> you know, and to, for your point too, it might also win because the ending of black roses, like the demon makes no like, sense. It makes no sense. Like, no, he, cause like, like he, he burns, he burns down. Them. Yeah. We, 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 we skipped the, the ending where he, yeah. the, when the, when the, when the but teacher beats them, he burns down the stage. And then yeah. like the next scene, it's just like, Oh, black roses are playing in New York or something. I can't remember yeah, exactly. where they play. They're but just back. Like, well, while he's like burning them down, they're still playing. <laughs> yeah, that no, that's hilarious. another funny part. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> I do think Black Roses is an entertaining and watchable movie. Both of these movies, I think, are entertaining. Yes. But yeah, the ending of Black Roses makes no sense at all. Because no. it, it could have made sense if, if you had the teacher saying like, like, I don't know. It's like, I guess I have a, or like now is I guess my time for a vacation or I like did something like that. It's just like, yep, they're still alive. Okay. And then he, it's not even like it was all for nothing. And then there's like a lesson. Did you ever see that movie? Uh, no country for old men. I can't really remember it, but I'm familiar. Like at the end of the movie, like Tommy Lee Jones, he gives this really long monologue to pretty much parallel what you just sat through the whole movie for. Like there could have been a scene like that, like, oh, the black roses are back. And then like the teacher says something and like, oh, but uh, yeah, but we should have been listening to Walt Whitman the whole time. Or, or someone says like, well, you may not have, you can't save everyone, but you, but you saved enough of your kids. Like, and like, and you have some little moral that says like, well, you know, you, you pick your battles and you can't win everything, but you, you win 
the ones that you can because it's right or something like that. It didn't, it just ends. The movie just ends and it's like, <laughs> Oh, black roses are alive. Okay. The end. And then like, there's no stinger. There's nothing. It's just over Mm-mm. real. It's, it makes no sense that it's stupid. Now we'll, uh, we'll do a, do a, do a, a little bit on trick or treat, which to me, this one feels a little bit more like, like the cynical studio, like let's, let's make a movie cause heavy metal's popular. Now we don't need to yeah. go into too much depth right. about this one, but this one felt more like, like, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, the metal's popular. Let's make a metal movie because this one has both Gene Simmons and Ozzy mm-hmm. Osbourne. And they tried to get Gene Simmons to play the, um, the main bad guy named Sammy Kerr. I don't know if they tried to get Ozzy to do that. And he also turned it down, but yeah, Gene Simmons said, no, I'll, I'll, I'll be this DJ instead. They tried to get Blackie Lawless to play the bad guy. And the bad guy does look like Blackie Lawless. He does. So it looks like that was kind of what they were going for. And, uh, this, this one feels a little bit more professional. This one's, uh, it starts off pretty good. And then I think it gets, I, I don't know what's happening at the end. Uh, like what he drives into the, off the bridge or whatever. Well, I, well, I don't know like what, what the, the motivation is. Cause in the beginning, so this guy, the main kid, he's like, He's like the, the nerdy metal guy and he likes, uh, this, this Sammy Kerr rock star who died and he, he gets from Gene Simmons, his record, like the last record he ever produced and no one ever heard it. And, Mm -hmm. uh, he's, he starts kind of the, the dead rocker starts communicating with this kid a little bit. And then eventually the the guy comes out of the record. And then I don't know what then, like, I don't know what the motivation is. I don't know. Like it's, it's just another, go ahead. Said revenge. For what? But but, but then uh, then why is he trying to kill Eddie and and his friends? Hang on. Hang on. So he had, uh, he went to the same high school as this Eddie. Yeah. And, he was supposed to play this Halloween concert at the high school and they said like, no, you can't. And, you know, Eddie's saying how, you know, like, um, they just tried to, to screw him over every chance he got. And he felt like, you know, um, that connected with him and he felt like, Sammy well, that's, yeah, yeah. Like, well, murdered, no, I know why Eddie whatever. connects with, with Sammy Kerr. I just don't know why Sammy Kerr just started killing everybody. Well, I think he was trying to possess Eddie because there's a was he scenes. that went that when, when so. they because remember when Tim Scavo, the dude from Desperate Housewives, I thought it was Mike Delfino, but it's Tim Scavo is the main bad guy, um, and he uh you know they had that really long um foot chase for a while. It's like one of the longer foot chases I've seen. Was that are, are you talking about the one where the where the he opens the door and the guy like slips, <laughs> slips uh, over the yeah. over the stairs? He got, he goes over good. like ten <laughs> like sets of stairs. That was fantastic. No, that, that was, was there was cool stuff there. No, the the beginning of the movie is pretty good, 
And then at the end, I have no idea what's happening. Because well, like, when he comes out well, to the house. Well, well, like, well, well let me like, Well, like, here's the thing. So in the beginning of the movie, like everything that you've said, this is all like the setup and the premise. Yeah. So like, you know, Eddie, he identifies with Sammy and it seems like he's trying to possess him, but there's, but it just, but that's just where our brains go. Logically, that's what it seems yeah, like true. he's doing. But the, the movie shows like no signs of that. And like, do you remember when the girl gets molested by like the lizard demon? That's the only thing I couldn't figure out. The Godzilla part and like, yeah, like, like, green like goo was, taking off her clothes and like, yeah, stuff just, her. stuff just happens. That didn't need to happen. No, like, in the se- in just... the second half of the movie, I don't yeah, understand what's happening. Dumb. It's almost like a, like a, <clears throat> it's like a different movie starts because the, the, what the, the movie needed to be about this guy. Uh, have you ever seen Christine? I have. And that, yeah, that, I put that in my notes too, because that there's a part where Sammy takes control of the car. I'm like, oh, this is like Christine. But this is the only movie where you could have technically been a little scared because there were some parts. No, like, no, oh, the, no, no. There's some like creepy stuff, like when he starts yeah. playing the record backwards and then starts playing on its own. Like there's some actual yeah. like, oh yeah, like some chilling, interesting stuff mm-hmm. in it. The first two are cheap pieces of crap. This movie just <laughs> like this movie starts off pretty good. You know, okay, do, do you do you remember the part where Sammy Kerr kills the the person and turns them into dust? And then the next scene they're like they're vacuuming up the person's room <laughs> when, when he grabbed the old lady out from the out TV. of the TV. Yeah. No, he they, also did that yeah. in Ozzy. He put he sweat. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, something weird happened with Ozzy. I've that was like a, a weird death. teacher for 37 years and there's an addiction reaching epidemic proportion in our schools. I'm referring to rock music. I have seen more than my share of sexual active, sexually active and rebellious teenagers. And I know how to deal with them. That's the lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, but she gets turned to dust, but in the next scene, someone's like actually, or he's like, and friend, he's like cleaning it up. Yeah. His stupid friend who played the cassette for everyone to get. Uh, cursed or something yeah exactly I, yeah, Sammy I, to come out. that was then the, he's the, shooting like lasers yeah. out of a guitar to, it was, <laughs> yeah he's like shooting Mars electricity <laughs> yeah yeah see that's the problem is like <laughs> once once sammy kerr shows up because the movie doesn't set up what what sammy kerr's motivations are because it kind of looks like it's going towards he's going to possess and corrupt mm-hmm. and the reason i bring up uh christine is because the kid is very obviously slowly being corrupted by the car and it gradually yeah. changes him. But Eddie doesn't have any of that. He doesn't slowly change at all. But uh, the, the movie kind of leads you into thinking it's going to do it, but it never does. And then Sammy Kerr shows up and then it just becomes a, a different movie. And then just, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why anyone's doing anything. Um, He's just like, he shows up. Okay. Now he, he's just a bad guy. Cause what, what you need for scenes like that, you need like a twist. Like, oh, why is he killing everyone? Well, it turns out Sammy Kerr, he needed to kill 666 children to open the portal to his hometown of the and, and then he'll rule over, you know, something like that, but they never did anything like that. It's just, he shows up like, oh, well, he's a bad guy. So he kills people, but yeah, yeah. so I, I don't have as much to say about this movie other than this one's actually uh pretty entertaining. It's it, it just the second, the second half is just, it's just, 
I, I have no idea why anything is happening. Like, I mean, I well, know what's going on. I just don't know why it's happening. Yeah, and I think you're looking at it movie-wise. And for me, a few things popped up. Like, just the fact that, <laughs> like, Ozzy's talking about rock pornography and Ozzy Osbourne is, like, this evangelist reverend. <laughs> yeah, he, there's some interesting things. In and he's, like... uh he quotes like do it like a dog and ozzy's he's doing our favorite thing reading lyrics he's reading rap that, lyrics that was, that was the best yeah he's like what does that mean to you uh after he reads the, the do it like a dog lyrics he's like now to me that means a sexual act it's just funny that it's ozzy <laughs> like yes I don't, I don't know if anyone else caught that or was like hmm weren't they going after What's, ozzy at the same time for yes, the same it, type I of mean, like, it, yes thing? there yeah. was there was a lot of wink wink yes they, they were definitely trying harder to to be clever in this movie and i i think it worked this one felt more like the like a a, a cheap cash grab mm. but, but uh, it... they didn't have they they didn't have enough um they didn't care enough about the genre no but it did give a very good warning to something we're facing right now rap and i don't think it knew about it but it was warning us about ai because in the record if you remember the record was trying to summon his mom into his room and it was like mimicking his voice doing a deep fake and he was saying mom don't come in and then the record would say oh mom come in using his voice so yeah i, I caught on to that I yeah well the know. record is just gaslighting his mom which is you know always funny but the, the, the movie itself, if, if you can find it, which it's not the hardest thing to find. Well, it, I had to watch it um, in English, but it came up with Spanish subtitles. So I have, I have a part with um, Gene Simmons <laughs> talking with Eddie. And I'll do it in English first. But it was with um, like, hey, 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 Eddie. Um, what was it? Uh, I lost my train of thought. You, oh, he was saying, what did he say? He goes, oi, 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 Eddie. Uh, Eddie El No Una Undios. Uh, so de Rock Guerrero era Pura Brasura. But he was saying, like, you know, Eddie right. wasn't, uh, he wasn't a god. He was pure garbage. This, this rock warrior uh, BS. Yeah. So I thought that was, but I thought Pura Basura, that would be a good name for a band. Pura Basura. That might that was, be a band. Like, you know when, away. Like when you go to those Mexican restaurants and they they have them playing over the over the the PA, that might be one of the those acts. You know, Pura Basura. Uh, stars. You know, something like that. Yeah, but I like this the um, quote of "Oh, did the metalhead bang his head after the uh, Tom Scavo guy like yeah. flushed him <laughs> over with that?" That was actually a cool part. But like my, my told him to yeah, go there. Yeah, my final verdict though on trick or treat is, it's okay. The first half is pretty good, second half not as good, so it's okay. It just uh, it, it it's a and it's also set around Halloween, so because mm -hmm. a lot of horror movies you just watch them around Halloween. Well, it's the spooky time, so let's watch a spooky movie. But it it does have like some some Halloween aesthetic, like it ends at like a, like a Halloween party. And so it's, it's got, you know, some Halloween costumes and some stuff. I don't know why it's called trick or treat other than it just had like some, 
some Halloween imagery in it. But for the most part, I think this one is, this is the best of the three. It's just not oh, yeah. as interesting to talk about because it's right. like, it's like talking about, uh, like, uh, like, uh, I, I don't know, like, like the flavor of watermelon or like <laughs> something that tastes like 15 different terrible flavors at once. It's just like, you know, you've just, you've, you've had watermelon flavor, but like, you've never had something that tastes like garlic and sweat and onions and pizza and, um, uh, Swedish fish and ice cream and, uh, crickets and, uh, bile. Like that's far more interesting than something that's just like, oh yeah, watermelon. That's good. Trick or treat though, uh, of the three, it's, uh, the, the better of, of the three, but again, I, I would, uh, sooner recommend anyone watch rock and roll nightmare just because it's, it, it is just a, a train wreck in the, in the best way. So DJ, why don't you go ahead and just take us home? I'm going to take us home. All right. Well. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Metal Podcast. Um, we are, you know, really excited for next week. Um, and, you know, have a happy Halloween. A uh, little bit I want to talk about with Trick or Treat is a couple, uh, you have like the classic line of, I've always wanted to do that, where Eddie's driving the police car and he turns on the sirens. thought that was kind of, kind of an interesting little part, but... You know, sometimes it does feel like me against the world, and that's kind of like Eddie in the beginning, how he's, you know, he, he likes, he just likes the feeling of it's, it's them against us, and, you know, who needs them anyways, and he's, gosh, he, he just, he feels like he's surrounded by a bunch of airheads and brain deads, and you know what, I don't, I don't think he's that wrong in that regard to what we're facing now, but... Hope you guys enjoy that episode. Go check out those movies. Great soundtracks, I'd say. Rock and Roll... Uh, actually, yeah. Rock and Roll Nightmare was my favorite soundtrack. Then Black Roses and then Trick or Treat. But Trick or, or, uh, Black Roses had the best song with Me Against the World by Lizzie Borden. So go check that out. Check out that music. And, you know, connect with us. Connect with our Discord. You know, shoot us your song. We'll, um, we'll try to play it. You know, we want you guys to help us promote... Spread the word, don't keep us a secret, and stay safe out there.